The world of greeting cards and stationery is intensely competitive, and with new brands launching every year, you have to have your wits about you to stand out from the crowd and make that first impression. Our next guest is Georgina Fihosi, founder of AfroTouch Design, and who has built a unique platform for her business and her unique brand from the ground up. If you want to know more about Georgina and what it takes to make an impression in the greeting card industry, then join us after the introduction. Hello and welcome. I'm Clayton M. Koch, and I'm also the host for The Cashflow Show, the radio show that's disguised in the shape of a podcast, but with so much more. Every week we'll be interviewing someone inspiring from the business world and finding out how they started in business, what their trials and tribulations were, and how they intend to grow their business in the future. We will also be finding out about what they do in their spare time, as well as asking them to pick a book, a film, and a favourite single or album, and to share their reasons for doing so. So why not join us at The Cashflow Show? It's not just a radio show, it's a whole new way of doing business. Welcome to the Cashflow Show, Georgina. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're most welcome. Tell us about your current role at AfroTouch Designs. So I am the founder of AfroTouch Design, which is an Afrocentric greeting cards and stationery brand, which I started way back in 2015. It wasn't actually, I didn't actually start as AfroTouch Design. I started off as Special Touch Design, which was originally going to be a wedding stationery sort of business. And I stumbled across, across it. And, and I say that because I was, it was 2015. I was on maternity leave, um, with my second child. And I was at home. I was looking for a card for a friend that just had a baby and I couldn't find one anywhere. I, I wanted one that was, um, Afrocentric, that my friend was Nigerian and I wanted something that was culturally reflective. Couldn't find one. So I've always had a love of, of African fabric. I've always been quite, quite creative. So I decided to cut a baby buggy out of a piece of fabric, African fabric. I put it on a card and I gave it to her and she loved it. And I thought, oh, maybe there's something in this. And I didn't know anything about, about greeting cards. I'm a pharmacist by profession. So I was on maternity leave from a pharmacy role, um, at the time. And when my son turned one, and we did a big birthday party for him and it was around Valentine's Day. And I decided that I was going to try and test, test things out. I made a load of Valentine's Day cards and I put them on the table at the back of his birthday party and they sold out. So I thought, oh, there must be something in this. And it, it just went from there. I started, um, selling at sort of little craft shows and things like that. I decided in 2019 that I needed to rebrand. We were called Special Touch Design for a long period of time. And I thought I wanted something that was going to, that really represented what I do. I add that Afro touch to every product that I, that I produce, greeting cards being my signature product. So, um, in 2019, I rebranded to Afro Touch Design. Um, and ever, ever since. It's a very niche greeting cards and stationery business. And the reason why I wanted to continue it and grow it was because I found that, you know, I wanted to make sure that there was a buying option on the high street for people looking for culturally reflective cards. I didn't want to have to be able to just search, have to search online and, 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 and not be able to walk into a shop in the same way that, you know, our 
friends can go into shops and pick up cards that, you know, with people that look like them, or recipients and things like that, that are, that are their family members, and something that really resonates with them. So that was the whole reason why very early on, early on in the business, I decided that, you know, if I was going to do this, the aim would be to try and get the cards on, onto the high street. Now, that's a fascinating start to our journey and our discussion here. But did you always have an interest in cards? When you were younger, did you sort of make cards like to mummy and stuff like that and or, or for your friends? Was, was that a thing for you? I was very creative. So we all made cards for our mums and things like that, but it was never a thing for me. I was I was very creative. I, I loved to draw. Um but the business world was not something that I thought I would I would ever end up in. I, you know, I, I studied went to university to, to become a pharmacist. Um, but I did I love making things. And when I when I got married, I made all the stationery for my for my wedding. So that was why I thought, okay, I was going to do stationery. And I just stumbled across this world of greeting cards. I didn't even know there was a whole thing around you know a greeting card association and and all these things around it and. Um, yeah, over time, I've, I've learned how to how to make cards, what what the what, what needs to go on a card. I've learned that as I've gone along. So everything, I'm not professionally trained, I'm not a professionally trained graphic designer, but I've just used what I know to to get to where I, where I, we are now. So let's go back. You are effectively saying that this is your first business. So pharmacy <laughs> and greeting cards i.e. business entrepreneur. That's a big leap. Two different worlds. Why did you get into pharmacy in the first place? Pharmacy, because I always wanted something where I was going to be able to help people. And I'm from a Nigerian family. So, you know, acad- academia is really, really important. I knew that I, ne- I didn't want to be a doctor because it, just, it wasn't, it wasn't for me, but I knew that I wanted to do something in the med, in the, in the healthcare field. My mum was a nurse. Um, and pharmacy was, I was very, I, I love chemistry, I love biology. So pharmacy was something that I thought would be the next, um, sort of logical step for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite scientifically minded, but there was a part of me, you know, we have two sides of our, of our brain. You have that sort of creative side and we also have that, that logical side. And the creating card enabled me to tap into that creative side. So yeah, that was sort of, sort of the reasons why I wanted to be able to give back. And that's the reason why I still, continue to work as a in the pharmaceutical industry I, st- I still do that that's my day-to-day and I and I weave Afro touching and around um around that when you first started and you actually did that initial design how did you feel I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> but I knew that I wanted my friend to receive something that she looked at it she was going to be it was going to give her a certain emotion. And, and when I gave it to her, it gave her that emotion that I was looking for. It was, oh, wow. The fact that the fabric, you know, for, for, um, for me as a Nigerian, a British born Nigerian, fabric is something that is, you know, part of, part of our culture. You know, it's a, it's an unspoken sort of form of communication. So, you know, we, when, whenever there's a party or there's a, you know, even from parties to birthdays to funerals, whatever, we, come together and we wear the same material and it's, it's, our own, it's about togetherness. And so using that on the fat, on the cars, it was me being able to communicate that to my friend that, you know, I hear you, I see you, I see where you're from. And, you know, I want to celebrate this new baby that you, that you have um, just born into this world. 
and here's a token. And that's the beauty of greeting cards is greeting cards are not about yourself. It's about you buy these things to give to other people. So it's the act of kindness. And so I think that's, that's what sort of drew me to that. And that's the reaction that I got from her was I thought, okay, there's a thing in this, but there's a gap. There's definitely a gap in terms of my community being able to purchase these types of cards on the high street and in, 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 in shop readily in shops. And that was what, that was my thinking behind it was actually, what can I do to move that sort of agenda forward? What, what are the things I can do? And that's been my journey since. Um, no business background. It was just all from a passion within me to try and serve my community. What's interesting for me is you mentioned fabric communication. And where is that might be something that is readily available and readily talked about in African cultures? I suppose the nearest equivalent would be the Scottish kilt, which yeah. is a form of communication in terms of fabric, saying who you belong to, which clan you're with, etc. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's amazing how what stories that lie behind you know, different pieces of, of material. And I just, I, I think my, my love of fabric and, you know, that was the one thing that I thought would be a distinction or a differentiator between cards that you already, that you don't see what you see on the high street and, 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 and what could potentially be. Um, so yeah, it's, it's amazing what, what fabric stories lie behind different fabrics and to your point yes yeah, the Scottish people do use the kilt and it is different different types of patterns within the kilt represent different things in the same way different types of fabric within the African culture represent different things. Interesting when do you decide that hmm I need to invest more time in this when does it happen in your mind that you think to yourself this is a business? It was, I think for me, it was the day I set up that store in the back of my son's, son's birthday. And the fact that that was my first experience of selling cards and receiving money back for them. And then what's great about greeting cards is that they're really inexpensive to manufacture. So, you know, it, a lot of the cards that I made initially were, were hand finished cards. So paper is not, ex back then it wasn't that expensive. You know, buying a piece of fabric wasn't expensive. So I didn't have to put in a lot of money into, I think I probably started with about 50 pounds. If, if, if that, you know, six, six yards of fabric was probably like 10 pounds and then the card less than that. Um, I think, yeah, so that was probably probably that point and then after that it was okay I need to establish a presence so that was when the online I, I Instagram and, and Facebook were, were pretty sort of new then and so I knew when Instagram came it was sort of well this is an opportunity for me to show my products online and um, so that's what I did I, and I set up a initially set up an Etsy an Etsy shop um, posted pictures and put them on there and then slowly, very slowly started to get some, um, sales through Etsy. And then because I knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to be able to sell to shops, um, I started early on reaching out to small independent stores sort of locally. And, um, I had my first wholesale experience with a shop in Brixton, Diverse Gifts. 
and she was the first person that I sold to from a wholesale perspective. So it, it sort of organically grew um, from there. So yeah, I don't know whether that, um, whether that answers the question. It does because I'm always intrigued as to how people make that transition. And, you know, as I said, really, the concept of real Afrocentricity open to the marketplace has been very slow in, in coming. So what's the reaction from the African and African Caribbean community when you start to put this out there? Within the community, my cars are really, really well received. And it's amazing because a lot of the designs are based on people I know and my family, my children. And so when you're, when you're able to see a card with a little child that looks like your child and you're able to give it to them, you know, you're not compelled to have to go and find a card that's maybe just got words on it or, you know, you're not, you don't, you don't have to get a card, you know, that's, I've, I was given, always given cards with, with, you know, white faces on because that was only what was, what was available. It makes you feel that you are represented and that there's a sense of belonging. And I think that's, that, that's the power of, of the product that I produce is that it enables that sense of belonging, um, within the, the community. So they've been, they have been really, really re well received. And every time, you know, I announce that I'm in a particular store or a department store, the, the community are really supportive and just, and, and really rooting for those cards in those stores to do, to do really well. One question that's been on my mind because you mentioned earlier about making the cards by hand. This is going to sound very Zen-like, but stay with me. What is it like to put your soul into each card? It's a strange feeling because this, this, I have three children and a husband and this business is my baby. It is my, it is literally my fourth child. And so and, and I think also because I work in such a corporate environment, being able to close the door, come into my studio and make a card that I know is going to have a reaction in somebody and is going to bring them joy, it's, that's priceless to me. And so I always say every card is individually handmade. There are no two cards because of fabric. There are no two cards that are ever the same. So everybody gets a unique card, even if it's the same design it's you get a unique a unique card and so it's it brings me joy to be able to do that and to be able to have that as an as an offering and I was, and I said it before it's something so simple as a card but the impact and the the joy that these things give to people is why I'm such an advocate for card giving I'm such an advocate for you know write handwriting gifts and handwriting letters and handwriting um, greeting cards because it's it is so important for that that um, connectivity and that and, and communication between ourselves. I think it's really important. Well, speaking of soul and creativity, we're going to move swiftly onto their section called "What Are You Like," which I must oh. get a jingle for. But um, uh, I'm I'm kind of liking saying it every so often. So saying my best Cockney stroke South East London voice. We're going to ask you about your favourite book, your favourite film, your favourite music, and 
Don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll prompt you because uh, if everybody knows, as the Cashflow crew knows, is that everybody gets a pre-show questionnaire. So way ahead of time, and sometimes it can be a few weeks before we actually get to interview everyone. So in on this occasion, Georgina, on, on this occasion, Georgina has been um, uh, put forward her um, selection, and I'm going to then move forward and go through those. So in terms of favorite book, you've chosen Make Your Bed by Admiral William H. McRaven, which sounds like something your mother would say. Um, <laughs> please tell us more. So I don't know how I stumbled across this book, but it was, and I'm, 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 I prefer to listen to books. I just never have time to actually sit down and read. So I listened to this book called Make Your Bed. And it's about an hour. It's an hour, um, audio book but it's it's just about the power of of making your bed as the first task that you do and it's all about how you doing those things or having a um if you make your bed in the morning you feel like a sense of accomplishment and so it's sort of around putting yourself in the in the in the in the best sort of um, mindset to be able to, to run your, run your day. And I just really, I really appreciated that. But in my, in my time of my life, when I read that book, I really appreciated just the simple, what's sim a simple task, the power of just doing that thing around, you know, having some control over making your bed and, and, you know, it's, it will set you, that's how, how you can set your day in, in a sort of positive way. So that's why I really, I really love that book. Well, it's interesting because when people suffer from mental health difficulties, mm. the first thing they'll say is, I couldn't get out of bed. So um, it does ring true and it does resonate. So moving on to your second book, which is Slay in Your Lane. And sorry, ladies, I'm going to get this very wrong. Yomi Adigoki and Elizabeth Uviebien. And sorry, the ladies, my apologies. You can tell me about myself when you see me. But... um. Slaying Your Lane. Uh, I read somewhere about this book because wasn't there a dispute between the ladies? Not between them individually, but somebody tried to copy something that was similar to that and present it as their own. Potentially. I wouldn't be surprised. They call it the, the Black Girl Bible. And it's, I think it's just, I love that book because it's just so, it was, it's just so real to what happens in the, in, in the day-to-day -day lives of, of black women trying to navigate, you know, a corporate space and talks about, you know, how we're seen in, in, in different aspects of our life from, you know, being in the office and people wanting to understand why our hair looks the way it does or, you know, why we look this way at what in, in one on one day and different on another day. And it talks a lot about sort of microaggressions and things like that. Um, but why I like that book is because I remember when I read that book, and um, I decided that I work in a team of about seven people in, in my pharmacy life. And I bought that book or I asked, I didn't, I, I bought that book for my, for my manager to read, but I also asked her to share that book with all of the rest of the team. And I think it was just so that they're, they were aware of, you know, how they, how, how, what, what impact some of the things that they say can have on, on, on black women in the office space um but yeah i think it was just it was such a good it was such a well-written book it was so honest and 
it was a way of just saying, look, I can't tell you how I feel about certain things. So read this book and all the, all the things that you want to know are in this book. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and that's the power of books. That's the power of communication that somebody can say, oh, I didn't think about it like that. It's completely different. So, okay, that's excellent. So we're going to move on to one of your favorite business books. And you've got Start With Why by Simon Sinek or Sinek. Yeah, I think this is, it's quite a popular, um, popular business book, but it is really about understanding, you know, you, you will only progress in your business if you truly understand what the why, why you're doing what you want to do. And so for me, my why has always been around that cultural reflection on the high street, that need to ensure that my community feel that sense of belonging um, in in whatever space that they re- that they reside. So that's my why. And I think it's just important to always understand, you know, whatever your why is, on the in the moments that you feel that like, I just can't do this anymore. I just want to give up. It's it's too hard. When you go back to that, for me personally, that's what keeps me going. That's the bit that says actually, you know, you know what the purpose is. So this is just a moment in time, keep on going. And that's why I really like, I appreciate that to start with why and really understanding what is the real reason why you want to, you wanted to start the business in the first place. I think to a certain extent, I've not read that book, but I believe in my own mind that you have to subconsciously, subliminally have that purpose. It's like people who get involved in music. If you get involved in the music industry or the film industry purely for money, yeah. then and you have no artistry and no desire to be artistic or to make good quality work then ultimately you are not going to create that work and then yeah. you won't leave that legacy but you will have the money so you know it's the why is always very important the why is very and and it's the why that picks you up when you can't get out of bed the why is even more important than the how We'll work out how to do it, but you just need to know why you want to do it. And that's what's going to keep you keep you going. So now we're going to move on to your favourite pieces of music. And you've chosen as a single, I Believe by Yolanda Brown. I love that song. It's one of the songs I, I used to play a lot when I was at university. And it's just, it's such an uplifting song. And it just talks about, you know, believing that you can make it, believing that you can make it through the storm. Um, believing that, you know, whatever the situation is, you're going to be able to come out of it because you are where, you, where, you're, where you're supposed to be and that belief is what's going to get you through. So whenever I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I just need a bit of a spiritual boost, that's the song that I will play. She's got the most amazing voice um, and it's really sort of brought me through some of the sort of hardest times in my, in my life and in, in, um, in, in my career, but also in my, in my personal life so it's a period I um not to to, to bring the, the the thing down but I'm a twin and I lost my twin when I was 19 in a car accident yeah and so that that song um really sort of helped me through that that, that period of time in my life so it's obviously got that deep attachment for you and obviously you know there are certain songs that are like that for us that basically they validate how we feel yeah. yeah. Excellent. So let's move on to a couple of albums that you've chosen, which are sort of, hmm, I wouldn't say neo soul, but close enough. Never Say Never by Brandy. 
American R&B star, and Acoustic Soul by India Ari. Um, new wave, new age. Uh, yeah. yeah. Not as, um, um, as heavy as uh, Erica Badu, but a yes. bit more spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Brandy. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a 80s baby. So R&B and soul. I grew up with, with that music. And so, and I, I always love Brandy's voice that I really love Never Say Never. It just reminds me of my youth, <laughs> my, my younger days. Um, and just, I love, I, I, we used to, pl- I used to play that album on repeat constantly when I was, when I was younger. Um, yeah, I just, I, she's got the most amazing voice, the most amazing voice. Those songs, you know, The Boy Is Mine, uh, you know, Top of the World, all those sorts of songs. I just I really, really love them. Brilliant. And so we're going to finish off with Acoustic Soul by India Ari. Yeah. I just, I think she's amazing. And I, her message, I think she's really underrated. And her, but her message um, is so powerful. And she does it in such an effortless way. Um, she, she, her, her voice is amazing and she just tells stories through her through her music she tells stories and she empowers people she makes people think about certain things through her songs she's a fantastic songwriter and again she was another person that I would just put her songs on repeat constantly um, I love her spirit um, she she just she she feel it feels like she's the type of person that is just just wants to do good in the world and wants and wants people to be better and people to do to, to, to do good and she does that through her music so yeah she's um she, that, that that album was one of my favorites yeah I mean it's come up on the show previously and I think there is there is a depth to her there is a depth yeah. to um India Ari and as I said I like her I think she's got not just a person who's doing music for the sake of doing music or it might bring her fame or it might bring her money but somebody who wants to make that valid contribution yeah very very positive so lastly you've got your film as best man holiday honestly i watch that film every christmas every every year probably since it came out i i watch it and it's part of the series of the you know the best man series or best man films and they recently did a series a sort of mini series, but I just love, I love the, the Christmassy feel of the film. I love the throwbacks to some of the old songs that I used to listen to. I love the characters and the, just the way that, you know, they all support each other as friends. So it's about a group of male and female friends and some of them are married and it's just about their stories and how they come together in really hard times. But it's just a really feel, feel good film. Mm. Um, and I, just, I, I love a, a romantic comedy. So, yeah, a romantic comedy, a glass of wine, and, you know, it's, I'm, I'm all good for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing your selections there on the What Are You Like section. We're going to propel ourselves forward. You've managed to find yourself in Waterstones, John Lewis, Selfridges, etc. I'm not doing an advert for you, but, <laughs> but, You've managed to get into some fantastic places. What's the future? 
So for me, I really want to look at sort of international growth. Did you or were you in the process, I read somewhere, of launching an opulence range? So I, and that's my first digital range. So it's, 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 it's a set of cards. That I, I designed the, the fabric element of the cards and um, they are they're sort of gold finished, the text is gold finished and the, the, there's a bit of texture on the fabric. And those cards recently launched in, in Selfridges. So I would love for those cards to be, you know, picked up by um, some of the um, other sort of major retailers on the high street, but also internationally. So that's my, my, my new project is my opulence collection. So do you feel that as far as the business is concerned, it's something that you want to hold on as a legacy going forward? Or do you see yourself, you know, parachuting out of it and uh, and exiting i think for me i would i want to be in a position where i don't have to be the producer of the cards so um ideally i'll be in a position where i have a small team and i can focus on growth as opposed to the manufacturing side of the business and it's all a it's all a process and i I think there is no, there's no timelines to any of this. You know, I think often people feel like they need to rush and have things in, in place and, you know, you need to give up, you give up your job and jump into things a hundred percent. And for me, I'm, I still work. I still, I still have my pharmacy professional job and I do also, and I also do this. And so I think it's about growing the business in the way that best suits me and my family and, 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 and my lifestyle at this moment. So ideally, yes, I'd love to have a team that would, you know, do all my marketing and do all the other bits where I can just focus on the designs and, and growing the business. What's the best or your favourite piece of advice you've been offered on your road to entrepreneurship? Apart from don't do it. <laughs> so you should never, one of the things is that you should never compare yourself and your business to anybody else even if they're doing exactly the same thing, because it's your journey. And you should always celebrate your wins as you go through. You know, you should never, never, nothing is too small. No, no accomplishment is too small. So your business is your business. It's your own. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. You set your own goals for yourself. And you're, you, you are the one that is, that will, I guess, what's the word? I think it's, it's more about, you are the one who knows where you want to get to. So you'll know when you've achieved what you want to achieve when you get there. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. So don't define it by whatever anybody else says. It's what you, what you put in place for yourself. And that's what kind of keeps me going. I'm not, I haven't grown the quickest. I'm not, you know, but I, I appreciate where I've got to. And it's about those really celebrating the wins as you go through. Thank you for that. And one more question. If you were to start again, what would you do differently? If I was to start again, do you know what? And this is, I don't want this to say, I don't think I would have changed any way and anything the way I've done it because I think it's got me to where I've got to. But what I will say is I probably would have thought about the manufacturing side of the card because making a hand-finished card is very time-intensive. So I probably would have thought about um, a different way to, pre to present the designs, still utilising the fabric. That probably would have made my life a little bit easier. So 
that having said that, it is the reason that is a unique selling point of the card in the first place. So yeah, it swings around the <laughs> And you're absolutely right in what you're saying. As I said, there are certain things that you know you could try to change it, but it what makes it intrinsically you. It what makes it an intrinsically Afro touch design. But actually, having said that, coming to think about it now, I think one of the other things I probably would have done is take on help earlier. I can agree with that. I do a lot of things myself. And sometimes when you're so engrossed in your business, you can't, it's like you don't want to let anybody else do anything. But actually, sometimes you do need to let go. So you do need to, you know, think about assistance and, and you know, accountancy and all that sort of thing and just general help in the business. Don't be afraid to ask really We've had a great discussion about your progress and your escalation in terms of your business. Where can people find you if they want to get in contact with you? So I am on all of the socials at afrotouch.design or afrotouch design. That's my, my um, handle. Or you can catch me on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Georgina Fahosi. And if you're interested in any of the products, you can head onto the website, which is afrotouch.design. Excellent. All of these pieces of information will be in the show notes so people can pick it up there. So, Georgina, I know that you're an incredibly busy woman. You've got a lot going on and I know you've got some gorgeous cards to get ready to design. So I wanted to thank you for being on the show and thank you for taking the opportunity to share your journey, your progress and the soul behind the cards that are being made and stocked in all the best places. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You're most welcome. So Georgina Fihosi of Afro Touch Design, thank you for joining us on The Cashflow Show. We've come to the end of The Cashflow Show for today, but I would like to say thank you to our guests for taking the time to share their knowledge, wisdom and insight. If you loved what you've heard on this week's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts and leave a five-star review and feedback as it really does help. Whilst you're there, listen to some of our other episodes which you are bound to enjoy. We want to make this the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs wherever they are in the world and spreading the word really is the best way to grow our show and our community to achieve greater things. Be sure to join us next time for real people, real business, real talk.